0: Pastor Ray Bentley offers a word of caution today about pride and self-sufficiency.
1: How many of you have finally learned not to have confidence in yourself? And by the way, don't worry if you're saying, I don't know if I'm there yet. You'll get there. The Lord has ways. He will teach you that lesson, not to have self-confidence, but you can have all the boasting confidence you want in the Lord. Spread the news, Bow before the King Lift your voice. Jesus is coming Join the song, sing along, let it
0: ring Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return The whole gospel to the whole world Can you imagine sitting around a Thanksgiving meal, everyone complaining about how they have nothing to be thankful for? Well, in a similar way, on one Passover meal, Jesus' final Passover meal, his disciples weren't focused on the meaning of the meal. Instead, focusing on which of them was top dog. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel
1: of Luke. We are in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. I want you to look with me beginning in verse 24. Because here we are on the the night Passover night, the disciples are arguing about greatness. Now, Of course, this would never happen among us, right? We never would worry about our place. You never worry about competition. And quite honestly, nobody here would ever fall into the trap of comparing yourself to anybody else. Am I right on that? Of course. Now, verse 24, it says, now there was also a dispute Among them the disciples, as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Boy, I would love to have a a tape of that. You know, I'm the greatest. No, you're not the greatest. I'm the greatest. And on it goes. And Jesus said to them, it's like it's almost like kids, you know, talking about who's the greatest. Jesus then said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves, is not... Uh, He who sits at the table, yet I am among you as one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This is a very strange situation. Jesus uh, is just about ready as you finish the meal, Passover meal, and then they sing a hymn, they go out into the night in the Mount of Olives, and Jesus is is already beginning to be burdened with the sorrow of taking on the next day the sins of the world. And at that very same time, the disciples are arguing with each other who is greater than the next guy. So Jesus is rebuking the disciples for their worldliness. And unfortunately, this is not the first time The disciples were guilty of competing for greatness. And you know, after everything that Jesus had said during the Passover meal, and even at one point where he took off uh, his garments, put a robe around him like a servant, got down on his hands and knees and personally washed all of the disciples' feet. The fact that that after that, and then Jesus is saying, this is what's gonna happen to me, guys. My body's gonna be broken. This is my body broken for you. This is the cup of my blood that I'm gonna shed for you. Hello, tomorrow, Passover. And immediately they go into arguing about, now who's gonna be the greatest and who gets to sit on the right hand and who gets to sit on the left hand? It almost seems, well, it is inexcusable, right? And Jesus explains that they're thinking like unsaved Gentiles. Now, the Roman world, as he talks about the unsaved Roman world, Romans were famous for desiring the best seats in the house. They they were famous for wanting honor and accolades. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but to a degree, there are some striking and unnerving comparisons between the ancient, mighty, military Roman Empire, and even our own great U.S. of A. Uh, when you have titles that are you know, New York Times bestsellers who the title is looking out for number one. And the whole book is about you. You know, th- there's a very narcissistic, selfish, inward, you know, how to climb the ladder and how to get to the top and what you have to do and kind of being cutthroat and all the rest. Now here's what Jesus says. He goes, that is uh, child's play and it's untrue and it has nothing to do with the kingdom of my father and there is none greater than God. God is almighty and he's all powerful. And what Jesus is explaining to them is, don't you know what my father is like by now? Don't you know what the nature of the most powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent being in the universe, what his nature is like? That he is a servant. Almighty God is a servant. And his son, the Messiah, is called by the great prophet Isaiah, the servant of the Lord, for a reason. He is a model. He is an example. If in the kingdom of heaven, the greatest is the servant of all, how much more should it be true? Beginning my kingdom, beginning here by being planted within your hearts. So Jesus tells us that the true path to greatness is serving now when they start arguing about who gets to be first to serve everybody else when that's the argument now they're beginning to get the picture in the body of Christ then maybe too often we have taken the culture of the world comparing competing judging being critical we're better than whatever Rather than, the the church should be so different from the world, it's like you've just stepped out of one planet and entered into another. Wow. I went to this church and there were literally people arguing, competing with each other to serve in the Sunday school, to serve in the nursery, to serve greeting people, uh, to come up and pray with people or or to give and help other people that were in need or couldn't wait to go downtown and help out with the ministry to the less fortunate there. I mean, they're all in competition of who can serve or outserve the other. It was so weird, it was so different. It was 180 degrees different than anything I've ever seen or known or experienced in my life. That's the way the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be, amen? Amen. That's the way the Lord wants us to be. If you're a servant and that's your name tag, servant, that's your name is servant. Take Ray out of the, it's not Ray Bentley, it's servant Bentley. That's my first name is servant. That's my identity. And it is a joy and a privilege. Now, once you have allowed the, you know, yourself the honesty and the dignity, I might add, of admitting your role in eternity is to be a servant, then what is the argument about greatness after that? If all of us are in fact, we already know that we are the least, once you know that you are the least, what is there to argue about? Paul would say, I am the least of all the saints because of his own past or whatever else. then Peter would say, no, you're not. I am the least because of my past. And then John would say, no, you're both wrong. I am the least. Those are the kind of arguments we should be having. Who is the least and who is the servant of all? So may I encourage you? Now, by the way, notice in both scenarios that the arguing continues (laughs) as part of our nature. And it's okay to argue as long as you're arguing about the right kinds of things. And if we would just argue about being the servant of all. Jesus, um, now he ends up saying, look, you guys are arguing about you know, the, these little titles uh, right here, right now. He goes, don't you realize you've got a reward coming. My father has given me a kingdom. I've given you a kingdom. Yeah, there's gonna come the day for rewards for faithful service but the irony is that in all the parables Jesus told guess what the reward of being a faithful servant is more things to be a servant to (laughs) more cities to serve more people to minister to in other words service begets more service a little bit of loyalty and faithfulness and serving a few is rewarded by being able to serve even that many more it's not like, well, if I really be a servant, then one day I'm the talk dog and get everybody to serve me. That never happens in the kingdom of heaven. What you discover then is that it, it is the very nature of God and his character of joy. He gets joy out of serving. And when you get your joy out of serving others, now your reward is already beginning to take root in your heart. Now, Jesus does say, look, in spite of you guys Immaturity and uh, weaknesses and your failures, he admits and, and he talks about here, you know what, you guys have, um, you've been loyal to me. You have been faithful with me through everything that we've been through these last three years. And verses uh, 28 through 30, read this again. He says, but you are those who have continued with me in my trials. So Jesus, you know, after he kind of disciplines them for arguing on the wrong things, he kind of commends them and says, you know, uh, you guys have been loyal to me and faithful with me these last three, three and a half years. And I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed one upon me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. He kind of he lets out a, a, this like, what? I mean, these guys would have revered the original 12 who were the 12 tribes of Israel. And now Jesus is saying, don't you guys realize who you are? One day you're gonna each one sit and rule over one 12th, as I've chosen 12 of the tribes of Israel in the kingdom to come. Rewards are coming, don't worry about it. And quit arguing about it and start acting like those who are worthy of those seats to come by being the servants of all.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them.
1: What a blessing it was to be taught by Pastor Ray. He is greatly missed. But Pastor Ray's son, Daniel, has taken the reins and is doing great work In teaching God's Word I can see the Holy Spirit burning in Pastor Daniel And I am proud to support And be led by him as my teacher May God's hand continue to rest on Daniel As we pray for the entire Bentley family
0: These teachings continue here on the radio Thanks to the support from listeners like you If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries And Maranatha Radio Just go to our website at raybentley.com That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley.
1: Now, verses 31 through 34. Now this gets into a strange little situation because uh, this must have been most interesting, what now Jesus has to direct toward Peter immediately following a dispute over who is the greatest. Look at this, verse 31. It says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, exclamation point, Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. He wants to put the the scythe to you and cut you down. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you even know me. Boy, that must have put a a damper on the whole evening. After arguing about, I'm gonna be the greatest. No, I'm gonna be the greatest. I'm gonna sit on his right hand. No, I'm gonna sit on his right hand. Now all of a sudden, what, what an amazing turn of events. We can only imagine how the disciples felt Uh, now that they hear that not only will one of them uh, betray Jesus, but it will be their spokesman and their leader who will publicly deny that he even knows the Lord Jesus Christ. That must have sent a shock and tear through the rest of all the the disciples because if Peter, the strong man, the boldest, the lion of, of the disciples, if he's going to fail, where is that going to leave you and me? So you'll notice here in my notes, we should never be self-confident, but we can be confident in the Lord. Without raising your hands, let me ask you, how many of you have finally learned not to have confidence in yourself? Have you come to that place? And by the way, don't worry if you're saying, I don't know if I'm there yet. You'll get there. The Lord has ways. And he, you know, he's loyal and faithful. He will teach you that lesson. Not to have self-confidence. But you can have all the boasting confidence you want in the Lord. I will boast in the Lord. I am confident in the Lord. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I am proud of him and my Savior and my Lord and what he suffered and died for me. Let me boast of him. I don't even want to talk about me. I'm the least of all, and yet he is my Savior and my Lord. So Jesus lovingly warns Peter, and I think at the same time that he warns him, he gives him an encouragement. Now, let me just say this, uh, an observation about all of us, including me, Pastor Ray, and all of you, my brothers, my dear brothers and sisters, some of you maybe are new in the Lord, maybe some of you have known the Lord for a while, but... What this is an indication is, is that we, oftentimes, we don't even know our own hearts. We think, see, Peter thought he knew. Lord, are you kidding me? I would never deny you. I will go for you. I will die for you. I'll do anything for you. Oh, Peter, no, don't say that, Peter. Don't boast and be confident in yourself. And you know, the Lord loves uh, Peter's courage, but as you can note, and probably if, if you were to get, gather the other disciples, okay, Peter, stand over here, we're gonna do a little survey. Let me ask the other disciples, what would you say Peter's strength really is? I think that by and large, though they might've used different words, the unanimous conclusion would be of all the disciples, Peter has got courage. He stepped out of the boat when Jesus said, come to me when he was walking on the water. Um, Peter is the first one who said, you're the Christ the Messiah, the son of the living God, when Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Peter's got courage, that is Peter's strength. Now the Bible would say that, and this must be a lesson for all of us in human nature, that a, an unguarded strength is a double weakness. In other words, sometimes it's in the areas that we are good at and strong and confident in that we become overconfident and it, and it reveals a vulnerability about us that we would never have dreamed or imagined. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. I put that in your notes because it's one of the ones, I, I don't often remember the address, but I definitely remember the verse. It would probably be good to put both in your Bible, highlight them and mark them. But I would like to read 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 together out loud out of your notes. Let's read this out loud. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. What that's really saying is, it's not talking about that, can I not be confident that I'm saved? Oh, I don't know. know, Yes, you can have confidence in the Lord of your salvation, but it means don't be confident in yourself. I'm standing and I'm strong. No, hey, but for the grace of God, there go I, I am a man, I am flawed, I can't even see sometimes my own heart. That's why David prayed in the Psalms, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Why is he saying that? Because he couldn't see it all. And we don't see all of ourselves. We have blind spots, but God sees everything. The beautiful thing is, even though God sees every weakness and every blind spot and every flaw, he is irresistibly in love with us. Isn't that good to know? He sees it all and he goes, oh man, I love you so much. Yeah, but Lord, look at this. Yeah, I know and I love you. Wow, I didn't even know that was in my heart, Lord. Oh, I'm so sorry, I can't even believe that you love me. I've loved you, I knew that was in you before you were even born. I knew all about you, everything about you. And I am irresistibly drawn to love you. There is something to me very precious and very special about Peter. I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, from early church historical writings, we actually have a description of Peter. I don't know if you've heard this before, but he was a very large man. The leader of the disciples, the spokesman for the disciples, he not only was a, uh, you know, had a big, courageous voice, but he was physically a very big, large man, a physical stature. He was also impulsive, very impulsive. And he was big and strong and just one of the most lovable guys you would ever want to know. But because he was so impulsive, and would just say whatever was on the top of his mind right off the bat, what you saw is what you would get. And uh, he would speak the first thing that would come to his mind, which oftentimes got him into trouble. And yet Jesus loved him with all his foibles. He loved him deeply. And Jesus loves you. He knows your strange little ways, your weird little idiosyncrasies. He knows whether you're a big physical stature or whether you're a tiny petite little person that kind of slips through without ever saying anything. He notices everything and he loves everything about you. He designed you, he made you, he formed you. Before you were in the womb, he knew and designed every detail about you and he made you the way he did because he absolutely loves and delights in you. God never made anything that he didn't absolutely love. He's an artist and he is a father at the same time. And so uh, the Lord loved Peter and he tells him about this you know, terrible time that is coming And then he tells him, but I've prayed for you and you're going to come through it, Peter. And so, you know what? You're going to go through uh, difficult times. You may fail the Lord, in essence, with your life, deny him. You may, you know, in an area of, of strength, one day find out that you thought I would never, in a million years, this would never be part of my life. Because it's not who I am, it's not my nature, I don't like it, and I would never, I would, and then the next thing you know, there you are. And sometimes, you know, the, the way that, um, it's one thing that, that, you know, Satan is always accusing us and he's condemning us, but when you pile on your own self, the guilt, the shame, the humiliation, and the condemnation that goes along with that, it can just sink you into the mud and into the mire. And I believe that the Lord allowed Peter to be, you know, this this leading, bold example because he wanted, if if Peter had been the guy that is standing there like a, you know, movie star, Hollywood, everything was perfect, he never failed and he was willing to go and die for the Lord and he just was courageous from the beginning and he never had any weaknesses, we would all love and admire him as a painting, an icon, uh, you know, an example. But we would also say, but how could I ever live up to that? And so we would live down here. I believe that the Lord gave a flesh and blood with holes, flaws, failures, weaknesses, denials, guy, that we would go, wow. I wonder if the Lord could still use a guy like me. Absolutely. He loves, He he forgives, He is gracious. That's the heart of our Savior. It's also the heart of the Father.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley with great perspective on how the Lord uses flawed people like you and me. Good encouragement today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Glorious Wisdom. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word Media, and you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights, via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio, and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha Radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.